Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to the School District Podcast. My name is Adam. Welcome. This is my podcast. I'm the host, and I really hope you enjoy all the conversations I have with educators all over the world. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and share your favorite conversations with colleagues or anyone you think would enjoy. If you are looking for a book to read, I've written four, Kids Deserve It, Run Like a Pirate, Empower Our Girls and Teachers Deserve It. As you can imagine, they're all available on Amazon or wherever books are sold. And if you'd rather listen to the words than read them, Kids Deserve It is also on Audible as an audiobook. And if you are looking for a keynote speaker or someone to do breakouts or leadership coaching or half day full day workshops i would love to work with you i've given well over 350 keynotes all across north america this year alone in 2023 i was in illinois texas north dakota nevada georgia california virginia alaska indiana florida delaware kentucky massachusetts Oklahoma, South Dakota, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Missouri, Arkansas, Alabama, and New Jersey with many, many events in each of those states. I also did a bunch of just conferences, North Dakota State Principal Conference, Nevada School Administrator State Conference, the Heartland Education Consortium in Florida, the Delaware State Principal Conference, NAESP, the National Association of Elementary School Principals, Southern Regional Education Board, uh, SREB, the Massachusetts State Principal Conference, Kentucky Educational Collaborative, TCI, which is an awesome science and social studies curriculum, their online conference, uh, ROE20, Regional Office of Education, and also the IASA Conference, the Illinois State Superintendent Conference. I talk about creativity, innovation, culture, relationships, new collar jobs, super down to earth, fun, and ideas that uh, you, teachers, administrators, bus drivers, whatever you do in a school district, can take and learn and implement with your students. You can email me, adamwelcome at gmail.com or mradamwelcome.com backslash speaking. It's my website for more information about speaking uh, and just my podcast and blog. I thank you for listening. I thank you for being here. And I hope you enjoy the conversation that is on tap for today. Dr. Lori Mach, welcome to the podcast. It's an honor to be here, Adam. Welcome. Thank you. So super, like we have so many friends in common and our meeting was super fortuitous. Shout out to IASA and especially Dr. Courtney Orzel, who is like really like at the center of so many things in my life. I first met Lori years and years and uh, not Lori, sorry, Courtney years and years and years ago at the IDEA conference, which is the old ICE conference, which is like the ISTE EdTech affiliate. Um, and then Lori, you and I met just recently in at Springfield in the lunch line of all places <laughs> of the conference. We started talking. I told you, you got to start a podcast for your school district, New Lenox in New Lenox, Illinois. And then I reached out to Courtney. I said, Courtney, hey, throw me a couple awesome superintendents in Illinois that you know. Your name was one of them. We started texting and you're like, Adam, you told me in the lunch line and like everything comes together. So also yeah. everybody, this is Lori's first podcast. Lori, so excited you're here. For the people out there that don't know who you are, introduce yourself and give us a little background. 
For sure. Um, yes, we met in the buffet line and, um, I will, we're going to, we're going to remain friends, Adam, and you are going to check and you are going to make sure I get this podcast rolling because you are just an angel that just keeps appearing in my life for whatever reason. Okay. <laughs> a little bit about me. Um, so I am the proud superintendent of New Lenox School District 122. We are an elementary district, pre-K through eighth grade. We um, serve 4,900 and I think yesterday was 82 students, so close to 5,000 students. Um, I have a very interesting um, path in my career where I've spent my entire career in the village of New Lenox. So I graduated from Illinois State University in 1991. I got my first teaching job at the private school here in town, St. Jude, lovely school. I moved over to 122 in 1995, and I have been here ever since. This is my 33rd wow. year wow. in um, in uh, education. It has been just a joy, a passion. Uh, it's just been an honor. Um, my claim to fame, though, in my professional career is when I came over to 122, I taught at Schmuel School, which was a one-room schoolhouse. I'm a kindergarten wow. teacher. Wow. And um, it is now a historical landmark in town. And my <laughs> students visit on field trips. And then I tell them that I taught there. And they ask me if there were cars invented back then. And I tell them, <laughs> yes, there were cars in the 90s. Yes, there oh were. Oh, my gosh. Um, so since the time I have worked in this district, we have built eight schools. This was a farm town. Wow. I have watched eight. I've been part of building one school ground up uh, when I was named principal of that school the year before we opened. Um, it's just an amazing community. Um, personally, I am married to Jim Mach. We are celebrate. We always use our first and last name in my family. I don't know why, but, uh, Jim Mach and I have been married 30 years, November 13th. Oh, wow. So, Coming up. He is an avid runner. I have Sherpa'd the Chicago Marathon 14 times for him. I've got the best routes if you ever run Chicago. Um, and then uh, we have two amazing children. So Alexandra, I call her that, but everyone knows her as Allie. Um, Allie Mach is a teacher in Indiana. She is 26 years old. It's her fourth year teaching. She teaches pre-K through second grade special ed students. And she loves it. She loves the chair throwers, the elopers, any any behavior. She's like, bring it on. She loves her job. I'm so proud of her. We talk shop every day on the way home from school. And then our baby boy, who's 19, is a sophomore at Illinois State University. Um, he gives the best hugs and he has the kindest heart. So I love that. I love that. I need to connect with Jim Mach because Chicago is one of the marathons that I have not done. And it's always kind of been on my list and I just haven't done it. And it's interesting. You talk about like where cars invented yesterday, my daughter and I locked my keys. We, we were locked out of our house basically. And our keys, my keys were in the house to my car, but our garage was open and we were going to soccer practice. So my neighbors next to me, they're in their eighties and they've lived in their house for 50 years. Um, I was like, Norm, I said, um, we locked our keys out. Can I borrow your car? And he has like an older Lexus. He's like, yeah, of course. So we borrowed the car, we get in and my daughter, she's like, what's that and what's that? So the first thing was the tape deck. Um, there was that, there was a tape deck in this yes. car. I'm like, oh, that's a tape. And then the other thing was a cigarette lighter because new cars, you know, don't have cigarette lighters and ashtrays. Um, and she had no idea. She had never seen it before. Um, we're just kind of bringing it back to the past. So um, I love amazing. that. I know. Lori, if you weren't 
a teacher, principal, superintendent, what else would you have done with your life, do you think? So I have been asked this question and I always say, I just can't imagine. It's just such a calling for me. I would have to be around educators, but I do, I was thinking about this the last time somebody asked and I'm like, I should have answered this. So I love per watching all professional athletes. I enjoy particularly football, not right now, my own team, the Chicago bears, but they'll get there. The, I, I just, <laughs> they will get there. They will. I know they will. Oh, the bears. Um, but I enjoy all of that basketball, football. I love the Olympics. I am fascinated by coaches and leadership and athletes who are at the height of their career, also how they survive when they're at their lowest points. And so I think about this fake job that I would like, and it's from um, Ted Lasso, because I don't think this is a real job, but do you read, do you, are you, do you watch Ted Lasso? I haven't, I've seen little clips, but I haven't watched all of them okay. yet. Yeah. So um, Ted Lasso is this super inspiring coach that's just, he's just amazing. And for one of the seasons, he has a reporter uh, Trent Glim is his name. And he just observes. And so he's always like in the background observing and he's writing a book about Ted Lasso's leadership. And that would be my dream job to like follow a, I mean, I wish I could be around in the Phil Jackson days and mm. just be a little, a little fly on the wall and just watch all the interactions because it's just a giant, how do people get to that point and what do they do to motivate you know, teams like this and, and athletes. And that would just be my, that would be my fake job to, yeah, I think it sounds, might be a real job. I'm not it sure. could be. Well, I think with a, in a school district, probably not, but in a professional sports team with their budget and their coaching staff, yes. I think maybe you could write your own job description, but speaking of that and leadership and Phil Jackson, I think that's a, he's a, he's a really um, interesting person. I've read a lot about Phil Jackson and his leadership. Uh, how do you build leadership in your people? Because as the superintendent, you can't do everything. And as principals, they can't do everything. And teachers that are listening, you shouldn't and can't be doing everything. You can be building leadership in your students. How do you do that? Or how have you done that in your career? So I've been thinking a lot about this as well. Um, just because I'm part of this cohort and all we do is just talk about leadership. And so I really spent some time reflecting. I think, first of all, when you are a leader, there's that concept of um, nudging, you know, like somebody nudged me and they saw something in me and that gave me a spark to pursue leadership. And I think the minute that you're a leader, you should start nudging, nudging your mm -hmm. teachers. And it doesn't have to be for like an admin job. It could just be a leadership position in whatever role you're in. So that concept of nudging. And then I also think to me, the key to leadership, good leadership is autonomy, but it's, you know, very flippant. You just, oh, just, you know, provide autonomy, but how do you, because when people are in an, an, in that type of a situation, they can thrive, take chances, be creative, do all of the things, but how do you get there? Like, how do you get that type of an environment? And I've been watching my stat, my principals, especially, because I'm a COVID baby, meaning I started my superintendency uh, July 1st of 2020. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I learned a ton, um, but it was all about um, tr like trust mm -hmm. and we lost a lot of trust from so many different communities. And so I think 
when there's autonomy, it's that you trust someone, but like, how do you trust people? Like, how do you build trust too? And I do think that that comes, my personal opinion is you need to see value in people and people need to feel that they're valued. And that is hard sometimes if someone is different than you and you don't really, but you, you need to find value in everybody and you need to to listen without judgment to yep. people. And then that's what builds trust. And I found that the year after the pandemic, when we were all back, it was last year, we had to do a lot of repairing with different groups and building trust. And I just, I feel like that is the key to good leadership is, is building trust. Um, and then I do think that if you want to hone and you want to perfect, just like an athlete, just like a professional athlete, you have to build in reflection. Yeah. If you don't reflect on the years, then how do you get better? And, you know, as I said, you know, I'm part of this female superintendent cohort in in the state of Illinois, and it's called Elevate. And that's all we do is we just reflect and improve. And you need that, that you have to reflect in any job that you have to, yeah. to get better. So that's yeah, it. no, I agree. And I, I also think too, just talking about building leadership and other people helps the person that's talking about it reflect on, am I building relationship, uh, um, leadership and other people, um, you know, to not like overthink it and like, Hey, what can I do less? Or what should I be doing more with the people around me to kind of build that leadership? I think it's, um, I think that's an important thing to think about too. Um, I, I work with a lot of school districts and I see them plan, uh, at the end of the year for next year and then kind of replan in the summertime for the year and then the year starts and then I always wonder how are groups and districts and organizations how do they reflect during the year because I feel like you know where we are now in mid-October early November is in a different place or where we thought we were going to be last June or in July when it's quiet in central office and you're having your meetings and then kids come in August. And then in three months, a lot of things obviously can happen. What does that process look like for you, Lori, while you're, you know, a couple months, a few months into the school year, how do you kind of reassess or adjust um, to, you know, where you thought, you wanted to be and then now to where you are based on where you want to go because of all the things that are happening and that's that was kind of like a, a big lead up to the question but i think you understand hopefully what i'm talking about how do you just reassess throughout the year uh, based on your original plans so i'm going to tell you that i implemented a new evaluation tool when i became superintendent i just needed something that was more um concrete where i could you know, kind of show my board, like, here's the evidence that I, Mm -hmm. I am providing for you. Here are all the things I'm doing besides what my normal goals are. And this particular tool, um, I used it my first year and it has built in reflection and, you know, reflection is the first thing to go out the door when you're busy, you know, you're like, I can barely, you know, function through my work day. How am I going to sit down and journal or (laughs) reflect? But this tool kind of forces all to, you have to reflect on every single aspect of your goal. And because I started doing that, and then I saw the benefit of it, then I, I implemented it with my cabinet team and with my principals. And they wanted to kill me because it is a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) 
and they will agree with me. Um, but some of the conversations, the rich conversations that came out of the reflections um, were just amazing. And we do, you know, our cabinet team, we did our goal setting in the summer and we'll do check-ins and the check-ins are important and you have to make time for that because it kind of reminds people that they need to reflect. But I, that tool has helped me um, schedule my reflections and I'm like, woo. And it's very funny because one of my goals last year was more visibility in the buildings. We were kind of, you know, I started during COVID. We couldn't go in. It was terrible. So um, that monthly time when I would upload my evidence for my visibility goal, I decided to make a spreadsheet then so that I could physically see that I was meeting that goal. But I was reflecting on it in that evaluation tool that helped me, um, you know, create that spreadsheet. So I'm very intentional about reflecting. Um, and then I also am, you know, now this tool is forcing everyone to do it, but I think they see the benefit. I had yeah. veteran principals say to me, just, I've never even thought this much about my leadership ever. Wow. So, yeah. It's a good tool. It's a great, very, tool. very good reflecting. It's uh, it's so important. Lori, what do you wish more people knew about schools and school districts and education? Obviously we're in a, you know, our, country's in an interesting place. There's a lot happening. Um, and um, what, what would you tell people that, or what, what do you wish more people knew um, just about classrooms and schools and school districts in general? That's an awesome question. Um, I wish people knew how hard school staff works and how much they love children and how much they want their children to succeed. I think that part of the narrative is getting brushed off to the side. And I work with these teachers. We did an incentive, a district-wide incentive. I listened to my teachers and they didn't want on opening day, big raffle prizes, right? They did their, I mean, I'm sure they did, <laughs> but they talk about the gift of time. So the cabinet team and I raffled, drew their names out um, and we subbed for, for them. Oh, like we, awesome. we gave them time, a half a day off and we're subbing on Friday afternoons. And this is everybody. This is like custodial staff maintenance. Well, I subbed in my dream job. I subbed first grade on Friday. I was exhausted. I was <laughs> completely exhausted. Um, but what I, and I've been out of the classroom for a while. And so, um, and when you're at district office, you're really out of the classroom. Um, and what I saw, I, I just, I wanted to cry the whole day. I'm like, these people are killing themselves. Mm -hmm. They're And they're so hard on themselves, you know? And you know, our students are different now. They just are because of the, just the impact of everything. And they are, they want them to get to where they used to be. And they're so hard on themselves, but they, they, they love what they do. And they're wonderful, just amazing humans. And if anybody could spend just a second in a classroom to see, and in a school to see how dedicated these professionals are, I just think people forgot about how dedicated teachers are. I don't know if that yeah. answers. No, hundred percent. I think of it like this. Like if you go to a restaurant, I think everybody that goes to a restaurant ever should spend time working in a restaurant as a server or, you know, behind the counter uh, because it's, it's really hard. And the same, if you have children and you're able to volunteer or sub substitute, you know, do that because you just, you have no idea. I can remember I was, I was 22 years old as a brand new third grade teacher and you have parents come in and do like a math group or a reading group for one hour and they would look at you like, I'm exhausted after one hour. And 
you know, as an educator, I'm not complaining at all, but you're like, it's really hard. It's really fun. And if you love it, you love it. And you know what I'm talking about. Um, but I, I think that perspective from just people in the world is, is, uh, is so powerful, even just volunteering. And it's really great that you and your cabinet and everybody at central office is doing that because I think the farther you're away from the classroom, the more time that you need to intentionally spend in classrooms. Obviously it's really hard because the job is different, but um, I just think that's, I think that's so important. Fast forward to the end of this school year. How will you define success, Lori, for your school district and everybody in it? So success for us at the end of this year, it will be that we have, that our, our students and our staff are, are happy. I, I just, I mean, we'll get to where we need to go benchmark wise. We'll get to where we need to go student achievement wise. I know we will, but that they have this, this, this good experience in school and we're getting there and that our parents, um, you know, we're getting there with the trust again, um, but that our parents are happy with their schools, our kids are happy with their schools, our teachers are happy going to work, just that we're we're happy again in our schools. I think that's, it's very simple. It's a very simple answer, yeah. but that is where I hope to be. That would be success for me. Yeah. How do you approach a really hard decision? Um, I know as I can only imagine as a superintendent, you make hundreds, if not thousands of decisions every day, principals, teachers, I mean, every human being has to make decisions. And, you know, there's a continuum of like, oh, yep, blue, uh, green, or this or that. But then there's the ones that are really hard. And being an experienced administrator, superintendent, you know, when something comes, you're like, okay, this is going to be hard. This is complicated. It's complex. It's dynamic, it's changing. Obviously, without getting into specific details uh, with something that you've done, uh, uh, how do you approach that decision that's really, really hard? So we, it's so funny, our cabinet team, we whiteboard a lot. Mm. And our cabinet team, I'm very fortunate. I have cabinet members who are very different than I am. And so it's a think tank. And when we have a problem, so right now, so this is an actual problem. This is an actual uh, situation that we're solving in, at this given moment. Um, so we are still half day kindergarten mm. in my school district. The state just mandated that we need to be full day by 2027. We don't have the space. We don't have the resources. So we whiteboard that every week and we leave when it's a big, huge problem that doesn't have to be solved tomorrow. It's a whiteboard and it's a, you leave it for a while. And then we say, let's get a little bit of work done. And then next week we're going to revisit this. And we're going to talk about this aspect of it. Um, we changed our junior high schedule last year. That was a two to three year process. Mm -hmm. And that was having all of the professionals, the junior high admin team, members of the junior high staff, principals, district office staff, it's still on the whiteboard because it's a work <laughs> of art and yeah. it's beautiful and we have not erased it yet. So we're a big whiteboard um, uh, district. And we also, you know, just getting the perspective from all the stakeholders and really being thoughtful and intentional. Um, but yeah, some of the decisions, you can just make those decisions, but some you just really need to be thoughtful. Yeah, I love that you said you went right to I talk about it with my cabinet and the people that I trust and the people that you've hired to be around you because I'm sure that you're thinking about it 
in a solo way by yourself as you're driving, as you're walking, as you're in your office, but then talking about it, all good ideas come out of other ideas. And I think all good solutions come out of talking about the solution with other people that you know and that you trust because it's just gonna get better. Uh, it's just, it's just gonna get better that way. Uh, what are you most excited about right now, Lori, in education? Uh, oh, what am I most excited about? I I would say I, and, and not to go back to my own daughter, but this new group of teachers, they're fearless. I guess maybe we were fearless back in the day. <laughs> I don't know, but they just, and they're innovative and they're creative. And when I'm around new teachers, I just am so excited about the potential of where they're going to take our kids. Mm. I just, that is something that's very exciting to me. Just these, this, that new group of teachers and just how they think different. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I do love, and we're trying to wrap our brain around it. I do love this concept and they don't stand for it unless they have work-life balance and they, they make themselves, some of them, they, everyone, they just make it a priority and they're going to force us to make it a priority, which we should have done many, many years ago. It's just a hard concept for an old brain to think about, but, you know, taking those wellness days and doing all the things to take care of yourself, you know, that this generation is, is going to um, just advance our world tremendously. And I'm excited for it. Yeah, hundred percent. I know this is going to be a hard question, but who is someone on your staff that you would like to give a shout out to on the podcast? Ooh, people might get mad. <laughs> can I, can I have two just popped in my brain? Can I give two? Okay. So first one. So I have a principal. Her name is D Scott, Deirdre Scott. She, it, she took over my position as uh, principal of the kindergarten center. Um, She's battling cancer. It is going to be lifelong and she comes to work every single day. Um, she schedules her chemo appointments after school. So she doesn't miss school. And when she needs to stay home, she stays home. But um, she is just, she is killing it out there. And she is 1000% dedicated. She's an inspiration to everyone who sees her. Um, she's amazing. And then um Leanne Soltis, she is my um, administrative assistant, and she is the person that's in my ear, like, do the podcast. Like, I can't do this podcast. Do the podcast, Laura. You could do this podcast. Um, you can do anything. And she's just, it's like having a personal cheerleader around you all of the time. <laughs> Not to mention, she knows everything there is to know about um, a school board and policies and running a board. And so she is just my go-to. I'm going to tag team her so we can uh, pressure you to uh, start that podcast in New Lennox, Lori. <laughs> oh, she's she's going to listen to this and she's going to be like, did you add the podcast to the agenda for student advisory board? <laughs> That's amazing. Lori, if you could choose one person, alive or dead, to spend the day with who is not a family member, who would it be and why? Oh, boy. Um, ooh, oh, boy. This is a tough one one person it would have to be ooh, it would have to be amelia Earhart, i think mm -hmm. because i think that she was a fearless woman who everything every single thing that you would think about women at that time how how did she see herself and how did she visualize and how did she get to 
making the decisions to do what she was going to do. So maybe it would be her. Yeah, she's the first person. You're the first person to uh, to name drop Amelia. It makes me think I need to go read a book about her and more about her life and just how did she see that and take those risks? Oh my gosh, right? Like, Back talk about a day. pioneer. And I'm sure there was a uh, gender opposition because she was a female and trying to do that. And uh, yeah, that's a that's a great one. Um, Lori, a big part of this podcast is amplifying the voices of my guests. So I'm just going to pass the microphone over to you. What would you like to say to all the people that listen to this podcast? I would like to say if you're listening to Adam Welcome's podcast, you are probably an amazing person. So keep doing good work. Dr. Lori Mach, Doc Mach on Twitter, X, whatever the heck we are calling it these days. Um, I don't know. I'm excited to listen to your podcast at some point and read your book. I think you're going to write a book someday. That's going to be ah. another conversation, maybe when you retire, maybe with your daughter. That'd be a cool mama, mama daughter Mach book, um, just about the bookends of the careers and everything coming together that would be uh that'd be fascinating so right. i am so glad that we connected in the lunch line at the conference again shout out to dr courtney orzel who's an absolutely amazing human being and educator thank you for connecting us everybody listening thank you for all that you do and i hope that you have an absolutely amazing day thank you adam